What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here with my man, Rob Duran. Rob, what's up? What's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I mean, we're into March, um, so March Madness is coming up on us, and we got... Yep. We got some, you know, NBA basketball still going on. We have spring training. Um, for those who care, I'm not one of them. Uh, we got <laughs> hockey going on. <laughs> you know, so uh, there's a lot going on, though. I mean, I think we're entering into what I think is a great time of year, you know, because even, for example, with golf, man, you know, you're going to have some, you know, the golf tournaments are going to start coming. Masters are going to be coming. It's going to be coming soon and and things like yeah. that. So, you know, um, it, it's great. And you know what, Rob, especially when you think about where we were, you know, a year ago, we were about to step in it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, in a way man. that we didn't have any clue of what was coming. Um, but, you know. When you think about it from that standpoint, a year later, it's great to be where we are, even though we still aren't back to quote unquote normal. Yeah, man. A year ago, almost to the date, we were wondering if we were going to have sports at, at all in 2020. And we were so unsure about not just sports, but life in general. You know, there were so many questions uh, and no answers for us. And here we are almost a year later. and we're talking about a multitude of sports coming together about about a, around the same time. It's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, around this time last year, you know, we started to get the whispers. And I shouldn't say whispers, but we, we started to get the groundswell when we saw in in college basketball how this conference was canceling their their conference yeah. tournament and this conference was doing it and this conference and then the NCAA banged, you know, March Madness. And then of course the NBA shut everything down. And once that happened, it was, we, we knew, okay, we're that's, in something. That's when it got real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, to be where we are now is, is, is a relief, you know, after what has been, you know, a very, very tough year. And look, we're not out of the woods yet, um, but things do look far more promising, you know, than they have been, even in a, you know, compared to the recent months. So it, 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 it's good to, 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 to be where we are and hopefully things will continue to get better. Um, and speaking of getting better, man, the Dallas Cowboys got better because Oof. They locked up their quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, four years, $160 million. I think they were negotiating this contract, you know, for the last 16, 17 years, it feels like, right? Um, <laughs> they finally got That's this thing. <laughs> They finally got it done, man. But four years, $160 million. Um $66 million signing bonus. Yeah. Right. Coupled with a $9 million salary for the coming season in 2021, he will receive $75 million. Wow. 
Get that money, huh? <laughs> Get Man. that money. Yeah. I mean, his his total wow. guarantee is $126 million. Um, yeah. But $66 million signing bonus, um, $75 million next year. Dak got paid. Um, it took a long time. I don't know why it took so long. But, you know, for him, I guess it proves that good things come to those who wait adage because – he yeah, he man. got paid, um, and it's, it's it's good news for Dallas Cowboys fans. Um, and you know what though, too, Rob and Dak Prescott, you know he's a good quarterback, um, but he's also he's one of the good guys in the league. And I think there are a lot of players who are happy for him, and a lot of football fans who are happy for him for that reason. So, congratulations to him, man. Yeah, definitely, and. To your point, him being like a good character guy, there were a lot of people saying the same thing. What the heck is taking so long? Like, how do you not lock this guy up? You know, like he's not, maybe he's not a top five, top three quarterback, but he's a really good, he's a really good QB. You know, you're not going to be able to replace him just like that in a year. So I don't know what was going on with, with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and all that and why this took so long. And I felt bad for Dak when he got hurt last year. You know, normally a player gets hurt when he's not guaranteed a long-term deal, and you feel for that player, especially in the NFL. Um, but I'm glad he got his money. I'm glad he got paid. You know, he still gives the Cowboys flexibility with the the terms of the contract, the way it's structured. But good for him, man. Good for him. I'm glad he got paid. A lot of people are happy he got paid, like you said. And you know, I think it was a no-brainer for the Cowboys to sign him to to lock him up. But you know. I'm just happy for Dak that he got his money. He stays where he wanted to be. And again, great guy, great character guy, a model citizen in that franchise is what is what they need at the QB position, and they got it. Yeah, and, and you know, you're, you're right when you talk about the injury and, you know, feeling really bad for him when it happened because you wondered how that was going to affect his contract negotiations. Right. You yeah. know, and it was such a gruesome injury and is he going to come back? Will he come back at full strength and, and all the rest of that? But you know what else happened along the way? His value to that team was magnified during yep. his absence because you realized what a drop off it was. You know, and, and look, Dalton played well, you know what I mean? You know, for Andy Dalton, you know what I'm saying? But exactly. there was no Dak Prescott <laughs> and you knew yep. that, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that his absence from the team, it, it, it just affected that whole team in a way that I think underscored his value to them and and really made the Cowboys realize yeah, we can front if we want to for negotiation purposes and strategy and all that, but we need to but sign we, this guy. We need this guy. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's a lot more than the value he puts on the field. That Whatever impact he has in the locker room, man, it wasn't there last year, and you saw it in the play. Right. And you know where else it's you crazy. saw it? You know where else you saw it, though? In Zeke. Because yeah. if, if you oh, don't – if, if, if defenses don't have to – you know, they're not really worried that much about the quarterback being able to beat them in the various ways that Dak can. Yeah. Then they can load up 
on the line, you know what I mean, <laughs> yep. to 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 stop the run. And you saw Zeke, he wasn't he look, the, the Cowboys also had some problems on their offensive line last year. They had a lot of injuries. So that yeah. that plays into this too, you know what I mean? But I you know, the quarterback play, football is one of those one of those sports, man, where the success of one position is determined upon the successful execution at other positions. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It really 100%. is. You know, um, and 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 so if you don't have a quarterback that's back there dealing and 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 keeps the offense or, or the defense honest, then they can load up on your running back. And I think we saw a little bit of that last year with Zeke. So, look, the the Cowboys need Dak. They got him back. You know, I shouldn't say back, but they have him in the fold. He's locked up, and it, it, it's good news for Dak and for Cowboys fans. Yeah, blessing in disguise him being out, but you know he got his money, and I'm I'm happy for that. That's right, that's right. So good, good for Dak Prescott. Uh, on, on another football note, this one in college football, not so good news and not such a good story, is Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, you know, for those who might not know what's going on, you know, Les Miles, <laughs> former Boy. coach at LSU. You know, stories came out that there were some reports or, you know, that were conducted investigations that were conducted by LSU, two separate ones. And, you know, they, they resulted in reporting that he engaged in some inappropriate conduct, Les Miles did, with uh, female students while he was head coach at LSU. Um, nothing in terms of, you know, you know, any kind of um assaults or anything like that but just you know meeting female students off campus and all that kind of thing there was one student that that alleged that he kissed her he denied it but the conduct was deemed to be inappropriate and not one but two separate reports um while he was at LSU he's been the the Kansas coach for what two years i think um I and now so. those reports came out and at first he was put on administrative leave. Um, but, you know, just today, right, um, uh, both sides <clears throat> mutually agreed to part ways, right? Um, and so he is now out as the head football coach at Kansas. What's your take on all this, man? Man, the more... The more I looked into this and kind of read the articles and even looked back a little bit prior to like the whole LSU stuff, I kind of got more and more bothered reading more about what he was involved in. And a lot of, a lot of what I read, my mind kept going back to why is LSU not getting mentioned more here? And, you know, the stuff that they kind of swept under the rug in a, in a sense. Um, you know, I saw that the, the AD, the athletic director there, recommended that Les got fired, get fired in 2013, I believe it was. Right. And then the council said no to avoid like a whole buyout situation or avoid, you know, court stuff and all that stuff. And I was just like, man, this just, <laughs> the more I read it, the more it got, it bothered me more. And it just kind of highlighted to a lot of the what I would call like a toxic environment at LSU while he was there, especially with the football program and stuff like that. 
And I don't know, man, I just, I think a lot of it speaks to, and I know we touched on this a couple episodes ago with, with other stuff going on in baseball. I think it's a lot of maybe some privilege going on with Les Miles too. Um, stuff that he did at LSU and, and he was able to get a job again as a head coach somewhere else. That kind of stuff <laughs> doesn't happen with everybody. And somehow he was able to get out of this LSU thing and get a new job as a head coach somewhere else at another college at that. It's just not, none of this sits right with me at all. Yeah, and you, you make an interesting point about the privilege aspect of this. I mean, <clears throat> look, I, I think I think um, men need to wake up, okay? Um, you know, the time when they could sort of abuse their authority and get away with it because you know, whether there was a, a a good old boy network or somehow, you know, um, the atmosphere was such that the man in power was going to be believed over, you know, the woman who's not in power, you know, whether that's an employee or a student or someone else, um, or, you know, the days when, as a general matter, women were more reluctant and maybe afraid to speak up. I think folk need to realize, men need to realize, by and large, those days are over and they need to be over. You know what I mean? And so, look, Les Miles is 67 years old, right? So he's, you know, he's from, you know, that older generation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Look, he's a few years older than me, so I'm not trying to make him out to be, you know, old man River or anything like that. But I'm just saying (laughs) he's from a little bit, you know, he's from a time when as coming up, right, it was that culture that I just described was in place. You know what I'm saying? And so part of this is, you know, some of these guys think they can just get away with it, you know? And look, there are some men of the current generation, younger guys who are still of the same mindset, but you know what? It's time out for that. And we said it before when we talked about whether it was Mickey Calloway or Jared Porter or whoever, it's time out for that. And, you know, especially on the college campus, but, the other thing you said that was that's worth noting, and I agree with you 100%, a lot of focus has been on Kansas, you know, and why didn't they know that this was part of the Les Miles story? And, you know, part of the answer is they did not, Kansas did not use a search firm mm. uh, when searching for their head coach and, 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 and landing Les Miles. But that's because the AD and Miles were good friends, right? Going back 20 years. And so it was like, well, I'm hiring my friend, you know, yeah. and Les Miles was also one of those, you know, he's he's he, he he's one of those hires, right, that that energizes the student body and boosters and donors and all the rest of it. Right. So you're going for the name and he's a he, he was a very successful coach at yeah. LSU. So I think a lot of corners perhaps were were cut and and now we see what we have right you're going to get the big name right but but you know so a lot of focus is on kansas and i think that's appropriate to a certain degree but i agree with you when you say why is lsu (laughs) skating here you know what i mean why should they skate you know because as you said, whether it was the AD or the general counsel, whoever it was who wanted him to be fired, right? They sent an email and they said, listen, we either are going to have to explain why we fired him or why we kept him. 
And I thought that was a very good way of looking at this, right? Yeah. You're going to have to explain something. And, you know, and right now they're kind of getting away from having to explain why they kept them. You know what I mean? But I think there should be some focus on that aspect of this story as well. I definitely agree because it's, it's, you have to look at every side of the situation, you know, and, and like you said, they, they, someone has to come out and, and explain why he was able to keep his job at LSU for so many years. And then, you know, I don't want to say put Kansas in that position, but in a sense, put Kansas in that position. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. Like I said, every way I looked at this, it just bothered me more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and now as they mutually agree to part ways, they enter into a settlement agreement. And of course, there's confidentiality, there's non-disparagement, you know, on both yeah. sides. And Les Miles walks away with a $2 million paycheck. Um, go figure. You know what I mean? Sure. But look, it's, it, it, you know, to me, you know, it's it's another story in sports where you have you know a, a male coach or a male um, uh, who's in a position of authority who is abusing that authority. It's an old story, you know what I mean. It's it's nothing new, um, and this won't be the last one that we've seen. But um, it, it it's not a good look, um, obviously for Les Miles, but also for KU. Um, which by the way, they made a point to say that they are going to replace Miles and they will use a search firm this time around. So, um, <laughs> probably a good idea, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, not a good look for all Man. involved here. But, um, here's the other thing I will say about this you know, when, when the story first broke. It was all this, you know, um, Les Miles attorney, Peter Ginsburg is someone who I've dealt with in the past and very good attorney, especially in football, NFL and everything like that. And he was saying, you know, all the right things. And he was saying this is about media blowback. Why is he put on administrative leave? And the truth is going to show, you know, that all the kind of stuff. Right. You know, yeah. will he's he's not guilty of these charges, all the rest. I'm not saying that he is guilty or whatever, but. Here's the bottom line. When things like this happen and the coach, the manager, or whoever it is gets placed on administrative leave, all that's doing is buying time to yeah. figure out how to get the guy out of Dodge. He's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna ever keep his job. Never. Yep. Never. So once he was placed on administrative leave, the die was cast. It was just a matter yeah. of when. And a couple of days later, Les Miles is out the door. So um, I would like to say man. lesson learned, but, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll be here again, man. We'll be here again. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it, unfortunately. So um, over the weekend, uh, NBA All-Star Game, um, did you catch any of that? And if you did, what were your thoughts as the – best and brightest of the NBA got together in Atlanta. I did catch uh, probably, I would say the game, I probably called almost three quarters of it, three out of the four quarters. Um, I thought the three-point contest was fun. Um, yeah. I had I, I was going for Steph because how can you go against him? 
but I think that was probably the most exciting part of the of the of the All Star festivities and all that stuff. It was pretty exciting to see these guys going at it. Steph had a little flair for the dramatic at the end, kind of leaving it to literally the last shot before he won it. But yeah, man, the the guy put on a show, especially in yeah. that first round. He thirty plus, I think it was in the first go yep. around, but yeah. Man. But man, you got to give Conley some credit, though. I mean, first oh, yeah. of all, he was a late addition to the three point. He was a late addition to the All Star game because of injury. And um, Mike Conley, I mean, Steph had to hit that last shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know, and Conley put up what like 27 and 28 points, right? I mean, yeah. he was up in the upper 20s both times. So, um, you know, Conley, you know, hats off to him, you know. Yeah, um, I, I was I was not expecting that, that's for sure. And I know he's a good shooter, but I wasn't expecting him to basically almost beat Steph because, like you said, if it wasn't for that last shot, Conley would be the champ right there. Right, right. So that, no, but I agree. I thought the um, I thought the three-point contest was, you know, was, I enjoyed that. I thought the skills challenge was interesting to see that <laughs> it was the big guys. <laughs> I know. You know. Well, they beat they beat CP3, who you would assume would probably be the favorite there going in there. <laughs> right. The two big guys at the very end. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, man. So <laughs> that I thought was interesting from that standpoint. I look to yeah. me, quite frankly, though, I think the skills challenge is boring. <laughs> I just think it's yeah. so boring. I don't really man. I don't really like it. Nah, me either. I mean, I think they can get rid of that. And it's speaking of getting rid of, I didn't watch the dunk contest because I didn't know when it was coming on. I just didn't know. <laughs> and it, it was at halftime. I didn't know that. So I missed it. Um, but, and so I can't comment on this year's dunk oh, contest. Man. So if you saw it, you could tell us about it. But I think the dunk, the dunk contest is, I, I've been an advocate for getting, getting rid of it. Um, I just don't think it has, we're, we're never going back to Neek. And and Mike, we're just not. Never. It's not going to happen. And I don't think we're going to. You know, Vince Carter. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it. No. Know, but you know, yeah, well, what were your I, thoughts I, on the dunk contest? Yeah, I saw. I didn't like it at all, to be honest. Um, I was rooting for the for Obi of the Knicks. Obviously, got to root for the for my guy. But I thought he should have won. But. I didn't like the like there were there was nothing flashy going on. I think the last dunk contest that was maybe memorable was um with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine maybe yeah. that year a few yep. years back. Yep. But other than that, there really hasn't been one that that I remember. I would say, and I watch it every year. But if you ask me who was in it last year, kind of thing, I may not. I'd probably give you one or two names if that. So and and this year, I don't know. I didn't like it at all. Especially the whole halftime thing was kind of weird, and I know they kind of had to bunch everything in together, maybe in one day, because of COVID stuff. But yeah, it wasn't fun. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah, like I said, I missed it. And as far as last year, I'm not sure if it was last year, but I think that kid from from the Miami Heat who looks like he's wearing his little brother's shorts. You know what, I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I got talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name. I think he's a lefty, but he those shorts he wear, man, look like those belong to a little brother, man. 
I think that was, <laughs> I think that was the guy who won last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I think you know? so, yeah, because there was some controversy with Dwayne Wade being a homer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that kid's name is, but yo, somebody need to buy him a new pair of shorts, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> but uh, the other thing about the oh, All Star game, I didn't watch the game either, man. And I, I, you know, by the time the game came around, it was a long weekend and everything else. I'm like, I don't really have time to watch guys just shooting up shots, no defense, all the rest of that. I said, I, I, I didn't. I tried. I watched the first couple of minutes, but I said, man, I'm done. You know. Yeah. Um. So I didn't watch the game. But did you? You said you saw most of the game. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, I thought the game was actually pretty entertaining. Um, normally, I, I'm like you. I kind of check out here and there while I'm watching it. But this year, for some reason, it kept me involved. And I kind of wanted to keep watching it, which was different, I guess, from previous years. But I think it was just um, the back and forth with Team LeBron themselves, like Dame and, and Steph shooting from half court and stuff like that, and actually making them. I think a lot of that was kind of what kept me in of the exciting moments of the game. Um, towards the end, obviously, they played some defense here and there, but uh, Team LeBron dominated. They, they, their squad was just ridiculous. So kudos to LeBron James, the GM, kind of putting that squad together. But I thought the game was more exciting than I anticipated it would be for, for what an NBA All-Star game is. Like you said, they don't play defense at all up until the last, like, right. two minutes maybe. Yeah. But it was pretty – It was pretty entertaining i'll say I, w- I wouldn't say like good game but it was definitely a very entertaining game yeah i mean one of the things i do like about all-star games whether it's in you know baseball or 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 basketball because i don't watch pro bowl um i just think the timing of the pro bowl is such that who, yeah know. it's i don't i haven't seen a pro bowl in years <laughs> yeah so i don't watch pro bowl and for the second time in the same podcast, I'm going to let you know I don't watch hockey. So I <laughs> so I don't watch the All-Star game in hockey. But when, when you see, you know, the top players in whatever sport come together, um, you know, you really appreciate the level of talent that yeah. these, you know, that these players have, you know, and and I think that's one of the things that certainly is on display. Like when you talk about Lillard and 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 staff doing their thing, that the fact that the range that these guys have it's ridiculous is just unbelievable. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the the the, the players, you know, all these other players, the way they can dribble the ball and the way they can shoot the ball, the way they can jump and run. I mean, it's yeah. like it's just unbelievable the level of talent that these elite athletes have. And so I think seeing that on display is always something that as a sports fan, you know, you have to appreciate. Yeah. And I think it kind of connects more to with fans because you see the way they kind of play is kind of like the way we would play on the, in the park, you know, in the playground and stuff like that, just kind of doing our crazy moves and doing this, dribbling behind the back, stuff they can't really do during, you know, an actual game. So it's kind of fun to see these guys let loose and just, kind of play ball you know they're playing like kids and it's fun to see that yeah and you're right that that aspect of it is pretty neat um you know it's another good thing uh from this all-star game was the 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 focus on hbcus i thought the Mm -hmm. nba did a really good job with that and incorporating that into various aspects of you know the the festivities, whether it's Gladys Knight, who's an HBCU grad, right, singing national she anthem. Sang, 
she sang great. She put on yeah. the show. That Kamala Harris, the vice president, being interviewed by Michael B. Jordan. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, you had the, the bands and you had the choir. You know what I mean? The referees were from HBCUs. So I thought all of that was really good. And they raised money for them as well. So I think that that emphasis on, on these schools that, you know, are, you know, challenged in terms of the finances and facilities and, and things of that sort, you know, to to shine a spotlight on these schools and that, you know, th these are institutions where you can get, you know, a great education. Um, and if you're a person of color, you know, it could be a place where as you go to college, you can okay. find an environment that maybe is a little bit more comfortable and conducive to where you are culturally and all the rest of that, that maybe aid in your development, but that you can go to these institutions and, you know, go on and do some great things in life. And I think, focusing attention on 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 these schools um was a good thing uh that the nba did yeah i definitely agree a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of success that comes out of hbcus um and you mentioned a few of them just right off the bat huge names and you know it's it, i think it was great for the nba to focus on that and raise the money for these for these colleges and universities and, and things of that nature and you know when they were talking about having the all-star game itself where there were a lot of question marks of whether they should even do it. But the fact that they were able to make it happen and bring attention to the HBCUs, it was a great decision by the NBA. And I think it was awesome. I'm so happy yeah. that they were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that all in all was great. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, they had the all-star game. I mean, some players at first weren't too happy about it, but you know, they were able to pull it off. Um, you know, um, other than Embiid and, and, um, Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, yeah. you know, getting scratched from the game because of, you know, protocols. Um, and I think you said the barber, that barber, yeah, had COVID, the barber. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, you know what I was thinking about when MB couldn't make the game, whether Donovan Mitchell was saying to himself secretly, that's what you get. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> right. Because MB <laughs> got, got Mitchell teed up. Right. Yeah. I think in the last game before the All-Star break that, that, that <laughs> Philly and, and Utah played overtime game. Right. Mitchell's complaining about a call or whatever. And then beat is like, whoa, you going to let him do that? Tee him up. Yeah. And the referees teed him up. And then when he got his second technical later and B was yeah. like escorting him off the court. I wonder if Mitchell in his heart of hearts was saying, yeah, <laughs> big dog, who can't play now? <laughs> it wouldn't have been the right thing to say publicly, yeah. but there was a part of me that was saying, not yeah. even Mitchell was saying, calm or something else, doc, doc. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good so, one. So, oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, another another thing to keep an eye on, man. Um, we talked about spring training being in, in in full swing. Yeah, and there's been reports of, you know, the fact that all of these teams, it, with the exception for Toronto, who's still not playing home games this year, at least to yeah. start the season, right? They're, they're not going to be playing in in Toronto. But you know, the other twenty nine teams. And and even Toronto, given where they're playing, um, uh, they will have some measure of fans in the stands. 
more than likely, right? Because right now there was reporting out there that anywhere from 10 to 20, 25, 30% uh, capacity in, in, in most of these stadiums um, in Houston because of what's going on in Texas, you know, they mm-hmm. can essentially have a hundred percent, but we'll see what happens. But it does at least let us know that as we look to the start of the MLB season, there's likely to be fans in every major league stadium to start the season. And if things continue to improve in the country, which we all hope that it will, and yeah. people get vaccinated, more and more getting vaccinated, and, and that seems to be going along better now. Um, you know, we may get to a point where, you know, the 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 uh, percentages increase and, you know, that would be a great, a great thing to see. So to me, that's an encouraging sign as we look to the baseball season starting that there will be fans in the stands and hopefully that will grow as we get deeper into the season. Yeah, and that's a great sign, like you said, for things to come, for just society in general. Um, last year, it was awkward. I'm not going to lie. It was awkward to see baseball games and not hear actual cheers and boos and things of that nature. Like, you know, as a Yankee fan, the Yankee fans boo their own players, and I kind of miss that. <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, you, you, did, you miss that, even though, you know, it sucks to boo your own player. It, you miss that. That that Those are elements of the game that – were missing last year and we kind of saw a little bit of that late in the playoffs but you know I was watching a spring training game the other day and they were booing a Yankee player I was like that's cool (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what that sounds like but man all jokes aside like it's great that there's going to be some capacity of fans you know obviously they're going to do the whole social distancing and making people wear masks and stuff like that but just to be able to have that brings a little bit of normal back into our lives and even if we're not able to go to the games, you know, just to see fans from on the TV, it's, it makes a difference. And I'm glad that, you know, like we were talking about earlier at the top, like almost a year later, we're kind of going in the opposite direction, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, we, we all, we always or often talk about sports ability to heal, you know, whether it's post nine 11 or in other, you know, situations and circumstances where sports has that ability to pull people together, encourage people, inspire hope, and so forth. And I think, you know, when it comes to this pandemic and, you know, getting back to some normal way of living, whatever normal means, I think sports is going to have a way of, of, of having that healing effect as well, and maybe even leading the way for us because as you said you know once we start watching games on tv and we start to see more and more fans in the stands maybe that'll give us a sense of okay you know what i'm saying we are turning the corner things really are getting better you know what i mean and um and obviously it's happening in our communities right restaurants and others you know maybe as those restrictions ease and you know what i mean but you know I, i i think for those of us like myself, I still have not, I'm not rushing to a restaurant. I haven't gone back to my gym, even though I could, you know what I mean? So I I still think there are a lot of Americans who aren't engaging in activities that are allowed right now in their various, you know, cities and states. But as they see sports venues begin to fill up more and more and more, maybe that has an effect to start pushing people back out there and pushing that in a bad sense, you know what I mean? But encouraging them 
to go out and and you know uh be a part of the broader society overall and if that happens then that's a good thing and and we can you know be glad for sports effect in that regard a hundred percent man and kind of on a personal note too i i play in the men's softball league during the summer and just kind of seeing the way things are happening in professional sports where they're slowly letting fans back in it kind of gives me the 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 excitement to go out there and play this year this summer you know i missed the whole last season it was canceled because of everything going on but you know even we're talking like the league is talking about maybe trying to figure it out to make it work and you know we're working with the cities where we play and stuff like that to see if there's a way to to make it happen and there's some positive news coming on about that so you know that that also gives just seeing the way professional sports has worked and now like you said it, it just brings almost like a breath of fresh air into your everyday life. And it's just, it's great to see, man. I'm just happy. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, um, NBA has, you know, some fans in the stands as well. So that's, you know, that's going on and, 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 you know, that should increase as as well. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's a bit harder to see NBA fans because the focus is tight on the court. You know, when yeah. you're watching the game, the cameras are tight on the court. But when you're watching baseball, it's different. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when it's behind, you know, that center field camera, you right, is pointing into the stands behind home plate. And then yeah. when you have foul balls, right, the camera goes and pans over to wherever the foul ball is and stuff like that. So baseball, I think, has a greater than all the other sports, because even football. Right. It's again, it's right on the field. But baseball seems to incorporate fans into their telecasts more than the other sports because of the camera angles and foul balls and that kind of thing. So I think baseball might have a way of maybe leading that charge a little bit more than the other sports, you know? Yeah, I I agree. There were a lot of sad home runs and foul balls last year. (laughs) Yes, there were. (laughs) The camera just showed the balls bouncing and just. Nobody there to catch it. No little kid, you know, rushing to grab it or anything like that. So it's, yeah. it's going to be nice to see that, man. And them little cardboard things, it wasn't fooling yeah. anybody. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not so, at all. So <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice to see some live some live bodies in 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 baseball stadiums. So like I said, we're seeing it in in basketball or whatever, but I think seeing it in baseball sunny day you know what i mean outside right it it just seems right you know what i mean to Mm -hmm. nothing like that yeah so that that's that's a good thing coming down coming down the pike so all right man well listen uh, it's good talking man catching up on these things and like we said man a lot of stuff coming up um over these next few weeks and obviously we'll come back and and, and and talk about some of the leading stories that are that that are going on out there. And I think, I think, man, as as um as as we go forward, and and, and so many things will be happening, man. We we're gonna have to jump on this thing, um, you know, probably a little a bit more often because there's gonna be a lot going on, right? A lot going yes, on. Yes, sir. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And um, you know, just in case, you know, um. It, 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 it wasn't clear. We won't be talking about hockey. So <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> <laughs>
Definitely not. <laughs> so for all you hockey fans out there, tune to another Sorry. channel. Tune to another channel. Sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. To, I've been to one hockey game my whole life, and it was a college one that I got to go to for free. So I yeah. can't tell you what happened in it. But... Probably ended yeah. in a tie, man. That's what it was. <laughs> Who does that, man? What you play oh, for? Man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, brother. Well, I'll see you. Um, you know, we'll we'll get together soon, man, and we'll 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 go at it again. Um, checking out the top stories in sports, but good catching up with you, and look forward to catching up with you real soon. Sounds like a plan, man. Sounds like a plan. All right, take care, brother.